Welcome, all of you wine and true crime lovers. I'm Brandy. And I'm Chris. And this is Texas Wine and True Crime. Thank you for being here, friends, for this week's episode, part one of the El Paso Massacre. Hey, Chris. Hey, Brandy. How are you? Doing great. We have a little two-parter. We're starting here. We do. We do have a little two-parter. So uh, a lot to this um, of what happened in El Paso. So lots to talk about. So we're going to talk about some of it tonight and then um, some more of it next week. Sound good to you? Sounds like a two-parter. Sounds like a two-parter. A little bit tonight, a little bit next week. (laughs) Huge thank you to our newest Patreon members, Mary Sanders. Hey, Mary, thank you so much for joining aboard or jumping aboard and joining in, something like that. (laughs) And Casey Zepner. Thank you, Casey. Mary and Casey, we appreciate the support so much and welcome to the Patreon crew. And being a patron. And being a patron. This week, we are sipping on a bottle of Tanat by Ab Asteris. This bottle was a gift from our friends at 10 Mile Productions. And it was absolutely fantastic. Fabulous. Absolutely. Very good wine. Oh, man. So good. So good. Such a fantastic gift. and It really was. Love it when people share the love and turn you on to new things. That's right. We miss our friends at 10 Mile. We're going to be in Brownwood soon enough, hopefully. Soon enough, yeah. Just a few little things going on back here in Dallas that have kept yep. us um, off the road and in yep. uh, living like, well, I guess we're kind of living on the road like gypsies still, but <laughs> we uh, are, but not technically on the road. <laughs> All right, babe, are you ready to get into this week's case? Yes, let's jump in. All right, friends, let's sip some wine and talk some crime. As always, we want to bring you some facts about the city the crime takes place in. So let's learn a little bit about El Paso, shall we? We shall. All right, number one. There are many tales of Billy the Kid making his way to Texas, and according to legend, he freed the only man to ever escape from the old El Paso jail. In 1876, the kid helped his buddy, Mel Segura, gain freedom. Good little story there. Yes, that's interesting. I found so many facts about El Paso, so doing that two-parter will definitely bring some uh, oh, yeah. some other interesting facts. Well, and it's a border town, so I mean, it's... It is. Um, Lots of things go down in El Paso. Yes, they do. And number two, babe, I chose this one for you. Marty Robinson's classic. um, It's called Down in the West Texas, Town of El Paso. Town of El Paso. I fell in love with a Mexican girl. Is that right? Yeah, great rendition. Somewhere Marty is turning over in his grave right now. Sorry, Marty. Our apologies to Marty and and all your kin and the estate of Marty for that. Okay, I love that song, though, by the way. Okay, so the the song El Paso was about a love-struck cowboy who guns down another in a jealous rage. Babe, did you know the song was inspired by a stop at Rose's Cantina? I did not know. <laughs> yes, we love that place. We, the first time, babe. That's not, not the same place. There's uh, no way. That's like new. I don't know. I know. Trust me. Okay, well, then what is the old Rose's Cantina? Probably just some chick named Rosa who had a cantina. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Pretty sure well, she I'm didn't have be... like 75 of them in the uh, <laughs> H-E-B area everywhere you turn. So it's the new Taco Cabana. All right. We support, well, we support both, by the way. We so. do. And I'm going to look. drive through margaritas. So. I'm going to look more into that Rosa's Cantina. Of yeah, song. you might want to do over on that 
that stance you took. But I'm no, gonna... okay, but I'm just okay. I just don't know. Buy a stop at Rose's Cantina. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm quite sure it was some chick named Rose, and she had a cantina. So. All right. Well, anyways, I love I'll, that song. I'll stand, so I just I'll stand to say. by that statement <laughs> pretty firmly. Number three, El Paso is the only major city in Texas that works on Mountain Standard Time. Did you know that? No, I did not know that. I did not know that. I I mean, I couldn't believe how much stuff about El Paso that is so interesting and that I just did not know. I might have to do like five or six facts next week because it's El Paso has a lot going on. They do. They do. Around 10.30 a.m. on August 3rd, 2019, people are walking into the doors at the Walmart Supercenter in El Paso, Texas, not knowing that evil is entering right behind them. Moments later, 21-year-old Patrick Wood Crucias opens fire in the busy store, killing 23 people and injuring 23 others. What provoked this 21-year-old kid to pull off the deadliest attack on Latinos in modern U.S. history? Okay, Chris, mass shootings, it's really what we're talking about tonight. Just this is one of many. Mass shootings have been an ongoing issue in this country. The Congressional Research Service defines mass shootings as multiple firearm homicide incidents involving four or more victims at one or more locations close to one another. So that's the definition. That's how they classify a mass shooting. Just to give everyone an idea of how bad things are in this country at the moment, in 2022, just this year, there have already been 25 mass shootings. So that means there has been a mass shooting every day this year, except for about 10 days. Yep. I was doing that math in my head as well. <laughs> you did it a lot quicker than I did. <laughs> you just said 25, and I kind of know where we're at right now, so... In 2021, there was a total of 693 mass shootings. I'm going to say that again. 693 mass shootings in 2021. There are only 365 days in a year. All here in the United States. All here in the United States. Mm -hmm. Patrick Road Crucius was born on July 27, 1998. He was living in Allen, Texas at his family's home before deciding to leave that house and travel to El Paso. So Chris, Allen, Texas, as you know, is a part of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex and is about 650 miles away from El Paso. He was a graduate of Plano Senior High School in 2017, which means, Chris, he was attending the same high school as our daughter in 2017. Yes, pretty young. Pretty young, and the fact that he went to the same school is pretty creepy. The only thing in Patrick's background was a call that came in when he was 16 years old reporting him as a runaway, but the person who actually made that phone call and reported him missing called back 30 minutes later to say he'd return home. He is described by fellow students and neighbors as being an extreme loner. He would always sit alone on the bus on the way to school. Some people called him antisocial, but there are multiple reports of him being bullied in school over the years. But they, Chris, his fellow students would also say that he, too, was sort of a bully and would make fun of people, including athletes, people who wanted to be a part of the band. Everything that 
I, based on my research, basically anything that had to do with socializing, mm-hmm. he was not a fan of. This kid was alone a lot. I mean, I'm not going to read all of the statements from people that knew him, but um, he was uh, he was definitely quite the loner. Um, another former classmate of his, Jacob Wilson, said that Crucius was very strong-minded in class and would try to take charge, but other kids would refuse to work with him because he was irritable and had a short temper. He was often picked on because of how he spoke and because he wore what looked like hand-me-down clothes. Bullying sucks. It does. That's all I got to say. And bullies suck. Bullies suck. Chris, this was clearly a troubled kid. He had little to no friends. And like I always say, idle time is the devil's time. And based on people's accounts of him, he was not involved in any sports or any sort of extracurricular activities within the school that makes socializing at this age easier because you're associating with other people with similar interests, right? And it makes it sort of easy when you can join a club or join a sport and you find friends that have a similar interest that you have while you join, right? Yeah. Um, and even introverts, right? Even introverts and loners can pick an activity where they can share their interests with other friends. But clearly what was going on in this kid's head would have been viewed as pretty scary, pretty violent. So he just kept everything to himself. Since the incident, his social media accounts have been removed. But he once wrote on LinkedIn while in high school, quote, I'm not really motivated to do anything more than what's necessary to get by. Working in general sucks, but I guess a career in software development suits me well. I spend about eight years, or excuse me, I spend about eight hours every day on the computer. So that counts toward technology experience, I guess. Chris, I think if my child or our child was spending eight plus hours on a computer every day and not socializing with other kids, I think I would start asking some questions. I agree. An online manifesto was posted to a place called 8chan. I don't know if they call it 8chan or H. It's H. It's 8chan. It's 8chan. It's down. I don't even think it's up and running any longer. Yeah. So it was a message board. Um basically popular for far right i don't even like talking politics but it basically what i what i know about it and what i've looked into it's basically for people who believe in very far right no, no ideologies no. there's a, a faction but it's just it's kind of a message board that's unmoderated and you can mm-hmm. kind of put whatever you want out there and you can post things anonymously as well and yes. this was that's probably one of the biggest advantages you can kind of mm-hmm. put anything out there and not really um in kind of fly on the radar so yeah not be held accountable for but it's but it's a host of all kinds of um all kinds of topics it just happened to be i think it got a lot of publicity for the whole um you know q thing and and all that yeah all that stuff um you know around the election and whatnot and leading up to but well he he also mentions president trump quite a bit in some of his writing on his social media um, he did also have a Twitter account that they eventually took down, but basically some of most of his tweets were about President Trump, his effort to build the wall along the U.S.-Mexico border, basically just saying um, basically this manifesto is believed. By the way, they couldn't identify him as the author at first, but now that this um, 
this is now waiting to get back into the court system and he he is going to go on trial for this. Um, they now have identified him as the author of this manifesto. But um, the very beginning of the man- manifesto starts with, in general, I support the Christchurch shooter in his manifesto. This attack is a response to the Hispanic invasion of Texas. So that's his, that's what he wrote. I just didn't say that. That's what actually was the first sentence of his manifesto. Also written in the manifesto, the alleged shooter said the rifle was a, is it Wasser 10? Do you say W-A-S-R-10, right? Do you say Wasser 10? Have you heard of this? If it's a German gun, it might be Wasser. Okay, so it is actually a Romanian gun. Okay. Pretty similar. It's a Romanian military AK-47 weapon. So perhaps a Wasser. He got this overseas, this gun, and he ended up actually buying ammunition from Russia. It's easy to get guns, especially in Texas. Yeah, but from Russia and Romania. Mm. Did did he not realize that Texas actually was Mexico? So perhaps we're the invaders. <laughs> As Texans, <laughs> that's a whole nother whole nother show. That's a whole nother show, but yeah. Chrysias calls automation one of the biggest issues of our times and warns of civil unrest as people lose their jobs. Immigrants, the author claims in the manifesto, are taking from native-born Americans a growing share of dwindling number of jobs. So he's saying all the Hispanics are taking away the white people jobs. The cost of college degrees has exploded as their value has plummeted, he says. This has led to a generation of indebted, overqualified students filling menial, low-paying, and unfulfilling jobs. This kid had a lot to say at a very young age. He did. Police believe the manifesto with white nationalists and anti-immigrant themes which cites the Christchurch mosque shootings in New Zealand and the conspiracy theory known as the Great Replacement as inspiration for this attack. I don't know about any of that. I mean... I'm sure there's a Netflix show on it or something like that at (laughs) at this point. I don't know about that either. Gosh. I just, uh, I don't know. Well, I'll have opinions when we're... Yeah, we will. A 911 call comes in and reports an active shooter in the Walmart parking lot. Chrysias, dressed in dark clothing and wearing an earmuff-style hearing protection, started his massacre in the parking lot as he exits his vehicle. So he makes this drive, Chris, which they now know, based on any kind of stop he had made, it took him 10 hours to drive from Allen, Texans to El Paso. He was on a mission. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to make that kind of drive... This is just such a big, well-planned-out attack. It's just unbelievable. Chrysias walks into the El Paso Walmart carrying a semi-automatic civilian version of the AK-47. He opens fire close to 10.40 a.m. Walmart uses something, Chris, called the Code Brown, and this indicates an active shooter on the premises, and based on the employee training, it signals those employees to help customers to hide or escape. There was probably some code browns in people's pants too. You think? And we're gonna Man, I'm gonna mention that in a minute because well not that part, but just what people had to be thinking and dealing with. Yeah, because you know what we call a code brown at the hospital is way different than what Walmart calls a code brown. Does not mean active shooter at Parkland. <laughs> right. Oh 
Shouldn't shouldn't have said. <laughs> okay, babe. Thanks. Shouldn't have said the name. Bre- Bre- yeah, we know it's you. Been a secret up until now. The GI, uh, the GI brains flowing over there. There are were over Chris. There were over a thousand people shopping in Walmart that day. Remember, that's a, this is a Walmart supercenter. This isn't just like a Walmart grocery store. Oh yeah, very familiar with the supercenter. Very, very big store. Yes. Over a thousand people are in that day. Okay, now, Chris, let's stop for just a second and think about what is happening. Can you imagine the chaos and hearing the sound of an AK-47 indoors? Like, just think about that. I would be outdoors pretty quick. I mean, can you just imagine the the chaos and just not knowing where the where it's coming from? Maybe if you're even far away, you know, on the opposite side of the store from this from this guy, um, just hearing that the popping and and also inside of a place rather than outside when you hear a gun. And let's think about our own travels through Walmart, Chris. Where is there to hide? I mean, think about it. You don't hide. You're in an aisle. If you're in an aisle, right, you're going to pull things off the shelves to hide. Maybe in a clothes rack. And I'm not even kidding. When I was looking into this case and I was, I would, when I, and then I went to Walmart, whatever, last week, I even thought like I would have to clear out all this bread and then put myself but into the shelf. But that's not what you do. What do you do? If I'm in an aisle, where are you to go? You get away. You keep Where's running. Where's away? You keep running. I'm not an employee. Doesn't I don't matter. know. I don't know run the layout the of Walmart. Run to the other door. He's at the door. You run away. Walmart's got two. So you get God. away. And you be prepared to be prepared to fight. You go barricade. You don't go hide in a, on a shelf. Those are the people that get shot. I mean, but I don't we know. We do active shooter training all the time where I'm at. So at work. So at least once a year. Oh, that's right. You guys do. Well, I mean, you should where you work. Yep. Anybody can just walk into that place. Anybody. So, yeah, that's uh, a clothes yeah. rack. Nobody hides in those anymore. They're you not made like, the same. Like I said, you don't hide. You get away. No. You keep moving and you keep moving and you get away. If the gunshots are to your left, you go right. I feel that's like how do you even know, though? How do you even be, know being indoors, listening to that kind of sound? To me, it would echo everywhere. I feel like it would be just this boom that you could hear from all directions. I don't know. I'm just saying it just seems very, I just seem, I can just just imagine what people were were dealing with that day. Follow me if that ever happens and we're at Walmart (laughs) because I'm getting my ass out of there. (laughs) We're getting out of there. Nobody's stopping and getting in some clothes racks like I'm six years old and hiding from my parents. So Yeah, so it's literally an open target for this guy. Yeah. I mean, that's the way I look at it. I can only imagine. That's just, it's, it's frightening. It's frightening, and I just cannot imagine what these people were feeling. Um, nor- nearby stores and restaurants in the adjacent uh, the adjacent shopping center they all went into lockdown. Uh, there was different witnesses that came forward, employees of Walmart. One guy at Walmart had there was like a side door. The employee was moving people from there to Sam's Club nearby. I mean, it's just unbelievable, and and when. It's like your adrenaline just sets in. Well, what's surprising is that it's Walmart. It's in El Paso. Mm-hmm. This is Texas. Mm-hmm. How in the hell did someone not have a sidearm on them as they were walking through there? I don't know. I mean, I see it at our Walmart here locally. So They probably do now. 
I'm just saying the average person, that's a probably a pretty pretty large portion of the population is concealed carrier, mm-hmm. open carry there. Mm-hmm. I would almost I would I would bet a lot on that just given the mm-hmm. kind of a the the environment which you're at. I mean you're in- I could not find any information that anyone actually tried to shoot at the suspect. Yeah, that's like I mean I just I don't know. We'll even we'll even talk about in part two that no any all the police officers that arrived on on the scene they actually didn't have to fire one shot. So we'll we'll talk about that in part two. One witness described seeing victims near the shooter um, who became cornered, nowhere to run, and then watch the gunman raise a rifle, aim at them, and start firing. Chris, according to witness statements, he was letting white and black people escape past him while focusing on shooting as many Hispanics as possible. I mean, I just get chills talking about this. I, I keep pausing because it's just it's just completely unbelievable and at the hands of a 21-year-old kid. The United States is not the only country with mental illness, domestic violence, or hate-fueled ideologies. But our gun homicide rate is 25 times higher than any other high-income country. The difference is easy access to guns. This connection is not just theoretical. U.S. states with weaker gun laws and higher gun ownership rates have higher rates of mass shootings. That makes sense. It does make sense. And the question is, why are we allowing it to happen? Because someone seems to think that in order to combat bad people with guns, let's give quote unquote good people guns. Okay. So can we talk about the AK-47 and the high automatic rifles that are military style rifles? Why are we still allowing the average person to have them? I like guns. I don't mind guns. We have guns. Sure. I grew up in a family that had guns. We're Texas natives. The guns are no new thing to us. But I have had this conversation with multiple gun owners, and they all agree with me that AK-47s and automatic rifles should not be in the hands of Tom, Dick, and Bob. Well, usually automatic rifles that are legally purchased is a pretty um, pretty substantial vetting process to able to legally own those. So there's really no automatic rifles that are, you know, just sold like that. That's a. Are you sure? I'm not convinced. I'm not saying not. people don't sell them and then also can convert them for people. I'm just saying like there's because, there's yeah. a means to legally own an automatic mm-hmm. rifle. Because like when I see they're very expensive, you have right. to it's a whole registration process with the receiver of the actual firearm itself. So, you know, and hey, if it's I have nothing against somebody owning that myself. And Alex said, I, I like guns. That's just unfortunate that perhaps the process in which you go through in order to purchase that firearm, maybe mm-hmm. that should be changed. Not so much. Yeah. Let's not punish the people that want to own them. I mean, you know. I'm just referencing back to not TV shows, but seeing actual drug busts on the news with money, drugs, and weapons, and I don't see handguns. 
I see automatic rifles. Doesn't always rifles. mean they're automatic rifles. Lots of autom- lots of semi-automatic rifles look just like an automatic rifle. Okay. So, I mean, you can go. I mean, we were just what whatever that uh, large sporting goods store mm-hmm. we were at. They had mm-hmm. all kinds of neat stuff, fun toys there that you could buy. So, I mean, it's yeah. And I remember we, none I of them picked, were automatic, but I mean, you well, know. I picked one up and I'm like, oh, this is like an AK-47, and you were like, yeah, it kind of is. But I mean, well, I know. I'm just. I think, like I said, it's. The process is fairly simple to be able to own own that. So I don't know. I mean, like I said, it's it's our right. It's just perhaps that right is exploited. Okay. And it makes it a little way makes it way too easy, I guess, to be able to procure those things. And you know, the person in the proper state of mind. How do you test that state of mind? I don't know. I'm not saying I have any sort of answer. It's just. To me, I think that's where you nip it in the bud is who gets to have them. Is there, you know, we used to have a waiting period. That was something that was when I was younger that, mm-hmm. you know, you would have to wait, I don't know, seven days. You would buy the gun and have to wait while they did the background check. But, you know, I would think too, especially uh, someone who's pissed at somebody, perhaps mm-hmm. their wife, and, mm-hmm. you know, thinks that's the only way. And you can go buy a gun and instantly get your hands. Or do you wait seven days and, yeah, maybe you cool off and realize, yeah, you know, that's, you know, why right. spend the rest of your life in prison and you sure. know, maybe move on and say, well, I was a lot probably, I, I can imagine there's lots of knee jerk reactions to things like that. Somebody gets really pissed and they go out and they're going to do something about it right there at that moment, but, you know, make them wait a few days. Right. And maybe they cool off, especially for those new purchases, you know, I mean, that's, and, and what's the harm in that or, I don't know that's the answer. I'm just, it's an idea. Why maybe. do you think he ordered a gun from Romania and ammunition from Russia? I mean, you know, who knows? That's just another way to buy a firearm. I mean, firearms are purchased all over. I didn't know you could buy, maybe I, I, I don't know. Can I buy one off Romania? <laughs> Next paycheck? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean I'm just I curious like why this kid too. felt the need to go through. He didn't have a criminal background. I'm, I'm just wondering. Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it was unregistered. Although I don't, I, I don't know how you personally purchase a firearm like that, mm-hmm. especially overseas, because you would it's something like that's imported. You would think you'd have to know who the owner was going to go to, especially when something like that can just be bought locally. There maybe there is some reason behind it or whatever to maybe perhaps wash the uh, or cleanse the the ownership record of the firearm. Well, can a Romanian, so what if the, what if the Romanian military AK 47 weapon, what if he didn't purchase it from Romania? I know he, I know he definitely got the, the I gun, just, the ammunition like from it Russia. It probably was a Rom- have, Romanian have, gun. Lots of, yes, you know, but we know he got the ammunition from Russia. Yeah. I mean, lots of those guns are, there's all kinds of guns that are made overseas that are sold here in pawn shops or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're cheaper too, you know, because they're mm-hmm. just mass produced and probably not as nice of a firearm as, you know, a bigger brand or something like that. We'll talk more about this in part two, because he does, um, he basically just spills his guts to the police officers when they're in the interrogation. He doesn't hold anything back. He tells them exactly how he feels and why he did this um so there's just a lot going on through um the mind of of this person and he got in the car to drive to El Paso to kill Hispanics 
And that's a, that's pretty scary. That's a, that's just a, it just, I mean, and you know, this is a normal sunny day in El Paso. By the way, that was another fact I read that El Paso is actually one of the sunniest cities in the, in the country. It's, it's like sunny 300 days a year. So they always have really beautiful weather. And I can just imagine these people were, you know, we're going to talk about the victims in part two, but you know, one that really stuck with me was a married couple who both died, but had their baby in the arms and the mother was protecting the child. And she ended up falling on the child. The child lived, um, but her and her husband were both killed in this. And it's just so senseless. And we can talk about gun ownership and all kinds of, of um, laws and regulations in another episode, but there's a, there's a big problem in this country. There's, there is. there's a big problem. There's a big problem that we already have 25 mass shootings in, in this year alone already. And, and again, 693 last year, and we have 365 days in the year. How do we stop it? How does this? Well, you can't take the guns away from the people that already have them. See, that's the problem. And nobody knows how to, I mean, that's the thing. How do you stop any further? There's probably many ways, but to do that. But yeah, people that already own these things, I mean, it's, you know. Do we make the convictions even worse? I mean, how do you just, how do you put the fear into people to stop doing this? And and we're not even talking about, yes, mass shootings are a part of the school shootings. Those are included in those numbers. But that's a whole nother. Some people don't even get convicted. Well, be, well one, they, they. Look at the kid in Wisconsin. Well, yeah, well. Tell me what about it? Tell us about it. At the 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 kid that that drove from here up there to oh yeah, Rittenhouse. That's is that yeah. his name? Mm-hmm. He wasn't convicted. Well, no, I don't think he he didn't drive to Wisconsin from here, did he? He's from here. Yeah, I think he was visiting his aunt or something like that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah he did, he he, right. he wasn't from there. I mean, he had family there. He went there for a specific purpose to, you know, kind of combat the essentially the rallies and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, and he was cleared in a court system, right? We, Mm -hmm. you and I both believe in the justice system and we do believe that. No, I don't believe in the justice system. Where did you say that? (laughs) Lots of time there's not any justice. We want to, yes, I agree. I agree with that. Um, But I think it's, um, I think it comes down to the laws. And I think that, I think it's okay for people and for, I think it's okay to change laws. I think we should be able to change laws. I think we should be able to make things harder for people when it comes to saving lives and not just, I mean, do we really need to get into the fact that anybody in Texas can carry a gun? Is that really the right choice to make? I mean, is that the answer? What is even the what is even the reason? Is it because it's our right to do that? That it makes it okay? Yeah. When does it stop being someone's right though to take someone else's life with just using a gun? Like this is what I'm not understanding. But these are not the people that are going to a 
conceal gun carry class to learn all the uh, no, rules not. and go learn all the laws and to protect them. Listen, I'm not saying people aren't doing it the I know, right I'm way. Just That's not what I'm saying. That that the the people that are doing this are not those people. So that's what I mean. You're taking a right away from people that want to responsibly do it. Sure, it's crazy. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm not saying it's not, but, you know, why why do you, you know, you're, I don't know, punishing everyone. There just has to be, in my opinion, another way to, you know, let's just not make it so easy. I mean, you can go it, to a gun, right. you can go to uh well, tell yep. us about gunning. Go, we've talked. We talked about this before, and I found this so interesting that you. I've never been to a gun show. Okay, I've well, lived yeah, in you Texas. Can, my you can life, buy but, from people, but from an individual, and there's zero record of that transaction, as opposed to you going. Um, you know, like to a gun store, like for instance, the sporting goods store. Like my, you know, they're going to do a background check, and that gun is going to be registered to me. And should I shoot somebody with it, and they, you know, trace back the you know the right the barrel and and the and the, right. the marks it makes on the actual round you know that goes that they find they can trace that back to me whereas you can so then what's the point of a gun show to sell guns but i mean it's just people you have a lot of individuals you have it doesn't mean they're illegitimate people it's just there's just not as good of record keeping you you go to somebody you know that somebody that's purchased a a vendor you know whatever booth there and they just have a bunch of guns they can sell whatever there doesn't have to be any record it they're trying to make money like anybody else but they are doesn't mean they're being responsible so how do you make it people be responsible yeah you know because that's also people have that right to do that too so that's how a lot of guns are purchased though that are you know that people that don't shouldn't have guns mm-hmm. buy other guns probably from a gun show you can't right. go into a pawn shop and because the same thing they're gonna look at your id and look at your criminal background but uh, guns are pretty easily attainable through that sort of avenue i mean i don't know i even i've i've thought that's crazy <clears throat> since i was a kid and going to gun shows that you just had all these different random people and they're selling guns yeah it's kind of crazy yeah very more than kind of crazy it's yeah it's crazy I got an um I got a LinkedIn message recently from a um I think he is ex homicide detective in England. He's actually going to come on the show. He um I want to talk to him about this topic because what did what was the first thing when you came to London to meet me? And I'll tell you about, we'll talk about my experience and what I thought. But what was the first thing you thought about in London? First of all, I barely saw any police officers. That was one of the first things I noticed. The second thing I noticed, well, not noticed, but something I learned is that people in England don't even really own guns. The military in England owns guns, but people, normal, average people don't have guns, which is why you see stabbings there more than anything else Atta- knife attacks is big over in england but guns are hard to obtain there even the police, very hard. even the police don't carry guns they carry a little billy club very they, hard. they bonk you on the head yeah i mean they don't they're just not around but i mean th- 
but there's no, there's a correlation with that, with violence, with the things that are going on here in the United States and and over and people will listen. And by the way, this is not a whole like I don't want anybody emailing me mad because I'm talking about guns and you love your guns. I don't care. Keep your guns, love your guns. This is not what this is about. I care about the people that are being killed in these 693 mass shootings that happened last year that killed innocent people because of crazies who got their hands on guns who aren't supposed to have them. That's my issue. And I want that solved. And if you don't think that should be solved, well, you probably won't agree with me on anything else on this show then. But it's a big problem in our country. And somebody needs to say it. And somebody needs to do something about it. And we're constantly hearing something's going to be done. Something's going to be done. But what is there to do? How can we do? How can we stop this? There are elections that are won and lost over gun rights. Absolutely. So pretty hot topic and strong very issue. hot topic, which is why I don't want any emails. <laughs> <It's, yeah. laughs> Please, well, this is yeah. really just about victims. Little, little more. I'm a victim advocate. I, 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 I mean, seriously, I'm sitting next to my husband who owns guns. I'm not against guns. That's not what this is about. This is about. How do we stop? Because yeah, I don't hunt. No, you don't. You don't hunt. I barely, you would, I barely you eat cr- meat. So <laughs> you barely eat meat. And we're not. We we're. I grew up with I a get father. My meat in the store. I grew up with a father who was who who hunted. I grew up with with. But then I grew up with family members who don't. I mean, I didn't want to see. You know, I'm not. I'm not one of those people that is can just watch things get shot and and not feel have some sort of like guilt about it. So that's not for me, right? That's just not for me. But I'm glad you own guns for your family's protection. Like I love that you know how to use them, Chris, and that you're well versed in them. And if you have to use it, then you know how to use it. That makes me feel safe, right? Uh, in a, in a sort of way. But I want this has to stop. There, these people, it doesn't just affect the people that are that you're taking the lives of. It affects the families. That's 693 shootings that had at least four victims, right? Because that's the that's the uh, criteria to be classified as a mass shooting. So those families or those people had families, and those families have other families, and it's a trickle down effect. And now, and then we're going to talk about school shootings at some point, which is seems like is just completely out of control and how these kids are getting these guns in their parents' house or they're buying them from somewhere. I don't know. All I know, it's a problem in this country and things like this happen because of mental health, not getting people the kind of help that they need and being able to access firearms so easily. It's just a, it's just a tough, it's just a tough deal. All right, babe. Well, um, next week we're going to talk about uh, what is happening now in this case, uh, what they are charging him with. We're going to be talking about all 23 victims that he um, that he so, um, I don't know, so uh, intently took the lives that day of these people. And uh, we're also going to talk about one of my favorite organizations, we're going to talk about both wines for this two-part episode. I don't know why we can't talk about the wine? Just Do you want to talk about the wine? No, 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 no. You've already, you've already teased that we're not going to. But I just would like it I was. Just, there's always a method to my madness. Yeah. 
It was such a fantastic wine by some given to us by two fantastic people. So uh, it was so good. Um, we're going to talk about it. We're also going to talk about your famous pork carnitas. Pork carnitas. Oh my god, we couldn't stop eating them. <laughs> it was so good. And our kid, who's so picky at some, at some foods, yeah, especially meats, surprising. And some meat. She's like, "Can I have some more of that?" Yeah, I don't eat a lot of meat, but I'll eat that. That's for sure. And babe, what do you have on the menu for Love Week? I guess we'll find out next week. Yeah, I'll have to next week's I, Love I don't Week. Know, so I have to figure it out. <laughs> I don't even know what we're drinking. So I guess I have to find that out first. And Valentine's Day is on Monday. Plan my caper. I don't know. My <laughs> caper. You've said that word like forty times in the last two days. <laughs> it's my new word. My new thing. <laughs> All right, friends. We'll, we will be back next week for part two of the El Paso massacre.